Hey everybody, you're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I'm David. Today on the show, we are talking about Zombieland. Zombieland. Yeah! We are entering the final stretch of Halloween 2019 super duper spooktacular thing we haven't named yet. Um, <laughs> I like that. We should really name it. Super duper spooktacular is good. No, 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 no. The whole thing. Oh, the, uh, where did I start? Thing, the super duper spooktacular thing. The Halloween 2019 super duper spooktacular thing we haven't named yet. Yeah, that yeah. fits really well in That's what it's called. Yeah. That's what special. it'll be called next year. Hashtag. To, uh, Hashtag. Yeah, if you want a t shirt, shoot us an email. We'll get one made. Ooh, yeah. 20 See, bucks. now you've made that promise. Now 20 I bucks. Know, I don't know where to make a t shirt. I do. Yeah, I, I hope you do. I got a place in Claremore, apparently, that does it. There you go. See? Got to look into that. We got sources. We got people that know people. Wow. Okay. Anyway. On that note, uh, yeah, we're talking about Zombieland this week. We're yeah, wrapping yeah. things up um, with Zombieland and Zombieland 2, the brand new movie. Uh, Zombieland, though, came out in 2009 at the peak of 2000 zombie craze. Mm-hmm. Hopefully yep. we can talk about that a little bit because um, yeah. it kind of, it really peaked 20, 2009, 2010s to when The Walking Dead premiered and then kind of killed it all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's be real. And then everything after that became... You know, how many zombies can we get on screen? Yeah. Kind of movies. So Zombieland stars um, Jesse Eisenberg, Woody Harrelson, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breslin as kind of a um, ragtag group of zombie killers who find a way together, basically. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got, we open with, uh, the movie's kind of told from the perspective of Jesse Eisenberg's character, mm-hmm. who's named Columbus. They all name themselves after the town they're from. Mm-hmm. Um, he meets up with Tallahassee, played by Woody Harrelson, who is like this uh, no-gruff, kick-ass cowboy kind of guy, mm-hmm. uh, who then meet up with a couple of swindlers, mm-hmm. Emma Stone's Wichita and Abigail Breslin's Little Rock, mm-hmm. and they all come together and fight zombies uh, all the way. So that's the gist of the movie, if you haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. It's kind of it's about as deep as it gets. Yeah. Uh, so let's go around the room and name one word for Zombieland, and I just realized I still didn't think of one. So <laughs> Andrew, and then around the table. Yeah, Andrew, you first. <laughs> Alive. Alive. Ooh, interesting. I'm going to say interesting. smart. Mine's not a word. A real word. It's zombirific. <laughs> <laughs> that feels like something that would be on the box art. Exactly. Yeah, it's it's very zombielandy. Zombirific. By now, the zombies would have eaten you. They would have. That's true. Um, I hate being on the spot. Think of it beforehand. It's not new. I never. I'm too busy thinking of other things. (laughs) I have a life. No, you don't. It's watching movies. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. There's so many words. I know. That's the problem. I did. It doesn't have to be original. It's pretty neat. <laughs> that's two that's words. No, three words. No, 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 no. The word is neat. Oh, neat. It's pretty neat. neat. <laughs> that's Woody Harrelson. He does I don't know. Of, I like it. It's funny. He does a lot of neat things. 2009. We got some... That's uh, a word. Got some submissions from the Twitterverse. Really? We got. Uh, I'm surprised every time you say this. We got. We got. Uh, I mean, it's really like, like two. I don't care. It's still Not more many. than hey, I expect. Details don't matter here, folks. But, you mean uh, 200? Yeah. And you picked two. <laughs> but uh, uh, let's see here. Cody Sharp called it escapist. Escapist. Hmm. That's kind of nice. All right. And then uh, we got two actually from uh, someone at uh, Punk Science Eight. 
called it Perfection. Are these from Twitter? Yeah. Uh, Stargate, uh, his, uh, his, his... Perfection. Perfection. Hashtag Woody. Right? Uh, as in Harrison. And then he also uh, submitted again, and he just called it Best. Mm. Like, best. best of all things? Yeah, I think that's what he means. I'm glad he liked I don't know he if adds, I feel like it's yeah. the best of all things. He also Macaroni put, and cheese is pretty good. Put best <laughs> dot period. I'm what about pizza? The best in pizza that. too. Yeah. <clears throat> best period. And then he put period period. So the only one I really need explained, as usual, is Andrews. What the hell do you mean by alive? <laughs> so going into this movie, you kind of think you kind of think it's typical like zombie movie comedy, but it's actually very freshly written. It's very freshly directed. The humor is off the wall. It's so good, and it's very scene stealing. So especially with Woody Harrelson, and it's something that really comes out of left. <clears throat> excuse me. It's something that comes really out of left field, and. It takes you by surprise, and it's highly enjoyable, which you don't get a lot of. I mean, when you go when you go into zombie films, you only go like when you go into zombie films, you're really only going for like the gore factor or the action factor. Here, you get a little bit of everything. I mean, it's 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 almost like Back to the Future and like that. It's just such a. In what <laughs> damn way is this movie like Back to the Future? Please it's, explain. It's. Damn near perfect. Well, it's part. It's part gets, action. Part, so is like. It's part action. Oh God, with the wind is perfect. You, you don't think but it's, the better it's, comparison would be I don't know Jurassic the dark, Park or the Dark Knight. Oh, see, I would have thought Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead's also good, but like Shaun if you're going well, for action, adventure, and gore, Jurassic Park there ain't no gore Shaun in Back to the Future. No, but like I, when, I'm, when I'm comparing Back and to the Future, I dies, think I know. somebody gets eaten on a toilet. Yeah. In this movie. Much like, I wrote that in my notes. Much like Jurassic Park. I wouldn't, Andrew, I wouldn't compare to either of these Andrew, movies. let me help you out. Let me help you out. So, what Andrew means... Yeah, please be right, his, his Andrew, Andrew translator. <laughs> ...is that... What is what is Back to the Future, right? It's, it, could be a, it could be a sci-fi movie. Sci-fi, or a com- action, adventure, or a comedy. comedy yeah, right? sure, fine. Right? So, there's a blending of genres there. Cool. A blending of genres. Yes. It's a little mix of everything. And Zombieland is a mix of genres. you got a little bit of zombie-type movie, a little bit yes. of horror, a little bit of... And then a lot of comedy... And then you kind of got have, have, have uh, excuse me like a road trip element in there as well. So it takes a lot of these things, blends them together, and just kind of hits it on all the right notes. Is I that guess what you're at some saying? point they probably do get up to 88 miles per hour. That was a great college try, but it, I reject <laughs> the premise. Thank you, David. I appreciate it. Okay, so well, that was a lot of great things and positive compliments and all that fun stuff that you said about Zombieland. I don't know how any of it uh, means alive, but that's okay. That's a, I just mean <laughs> alive that like – You're just trying to play on the, on the zombie idea. It's a good uh, take on it. All right. Cool. And yes. <laughs> Did you just compliment yourself? That's no, a, good, that's no. a good take on it, Andrew. Good Thanks, job. Andrew. Good job, buddy. It. Somebody understands what I'm trying to say. I know. You're pretty crazy. Well, you know, <laughs> if he didn't do it, who would? <laughs> um, so You're welcome, America. We all, we all really enjoyed this movie. So I, I want to just kind of have a free-for-all discussion of some favorite scenes. However, I, I, I have a... A rule I'm going to institute for this recording um, that we will discuss all at one time. Uh, No one is allowed to say their favorite scene involves Bill Murray. Oh, damn. No one's allowed because it's too too easy. It's too easy. It is. We will talk about Bill Murray as a group after we talk about some other favorite moments because, yes, Bill Murray steals the scene. It's a huge twist and shock. Mm -hmm. But it's Zombieland so much more than a Bill Murray cameo. Okay. With that, who would like to throw out a favorite scene first to kind of discuss? 
Um, or, or not, maybe not scenes in particular, but any other like aspect of it. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed the narration from Columbus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was a good. Yeah, aspect. and I know that you're not really a big fan of narration. Not films. always. No, it's because it uh, can be TV kind shows. of a cop out sometimes. Yep. I think. I think when handled over the top, when it's done over the top, it can be. I feel like this. I don't know. Something about it just kind of works. I think maybe it's the uh, the fact that Jesse, the narrator, is kind of played like a character. You know, like he's. He has kind of like commentary over what's happening. Yeah. Um, not just this is what happened then, this is what happened next, this is what happened. He's kind of like, I don't know, uh, he's commenting on it almost as though it's happening in real time for him too. Right, and he's like he's telling the story to somebody even though we don't know who that somebody is. Yeah, he's is. like journaling it for yeah. a later time. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's there's – because it's not like the movie starts in the future really and is like, let me tell you about my past. Yeah. It kind of starts in the present for him mm-hmm. with one small scene of a prequel and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it gives you everything that you need right out. Like it, it kind of goes into the background of how Zombieland came to be. You hear about him as a character and sets him up. You hear about all of his rules and he's like, ah, you might not think I'm a normal person who would survive Zombieland, but I'm afraid of everyone, so that really helps me in Zombieland, and I just thought that was really funny. Same. Yeah, that's one of my favorite aspects of the movie is that our, our lead protagonist isn't um, sort of an uber-masculine badass. He's uh, a smart, witty um, survivor who just kind of like has uh, found a way to beat the odds um, in a scenario where a lot of people haven't made it. And fortunately, we also get an uber-masculine badass with Woody Harrelson. Um, and it's the dynamic between these different types of survivors that really kind of makes you want to be in this type of movie, I feel mm-hmm. like. Makes you want to, like, you kind of go, like, you know, aside from the zombie thing, this seems like a really cool, uh, 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 for lack of a better word, universe to be in where everybody's kind of like has their own special way of surviving, whether it's the way that Columbus does it or the way Tallahassee does it or the way that... Uh, Wichita and Little Rock do it by like scamming other survivors and sort of being a step ahead of even the you know quote unquote smart characters. Andrew and I were talking about we, we went to see Zombieland two together, and one of the things that I talked about that I realized watching this movie again is usually whenever you go into a, a horror movie, there's some idiot. There's always somebody who makes a bad decision, and they they get themselves into more trouble than they should. But in this movie, everyone is smart in their own way. Jesse has his rules. Uh, Tallahassee is very smart when it comes to combat. He knows how to fight. He knows how to take care of himself in that kind of masculine way. The the girls are swindlers. They're very smart at conning and taking advantage and knowing what works for them. And none of them really make super bad decisions. Like, yeah, leaving is not smart. And going to the Pacific Playland is not smart. But, like, that's not the same kind of well, let's run upstairs to get away from this thing whenever we could just run out the door. Like, there's not anything like that in this movie, and I really appreciate that they gave each character an essence of being a smart person because they've had to survive Mm -hmm. so far. So they're not idiots, and I really liked that aspect of it. And then seeing how each person does their own thing but work together, it's it's just, just, everybody's just so good. There's such good chemistry. It's fantastic. I think to drill it down to a specific non-Bill Murray scene... Uh, is uh, is really is really the grocery store, where yeah. um, we kind of get our first real look of uh, Columbus and Tallahassee in action, and then we get introduced to Wichita and Little Rock and see how their relationship kind of forms early on. Um, 
And it's one of my favorite parts too because they have like fat zombies, which is something that doesn't you don't really get in a lot of zombie movies, which is like overweight no. guys, overweight zombie guys. Um, I love uh, <laughs> you know Woody Harrelson's just line for line in that, just being like you've got a purty mouth and smacking yeah. them, you know, and uh, uh, you know him looking back and going, you boys let themselves go, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's great. And it's only two months in to the uh, to the zombie outbreak, as as he says in the beginning of the movie, so you know that like they're still very fresh into this situation so it's kind of i don't know like you know that i don't it, there's something about that sequence really typifies i feel like what the rest of the movie is about you know you have your clearly defined strengths and weaknesses and um the movie kind of plays on what those are through the rest of the movie and reveals new sort of new elements as they go along one of my favorite lines is whenever tallahassee and Columbus first meet and they get in the car and or they have their their weird little showdown. Jesse's obviously scared or Columbus is obviously scared and he's like shaking with the gun and uh, Tallahassee's just like, what are you going to do? And then he put uh, Columbus puts out his thumb like a hitchhiker. They get in the car and they start talking about where they're going to go and, and uh, <laughs> Tallahassee says, listen, I'm not easy to get along with and I'm sensing you're a bit of a bitch. <laughs> so I get this relationship <laughs> about Texarkana. And then Columbus is like, oh, really? You'll give me a ride to Texarkana? That's great. And he goes, you're a peppy little spitfuck, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and it just sets up each character and their relationship that's going to form. It's just, yeah, you're right. The, the writing, the comedy, it's just perfect. It's a real strange alchemy situation. It's like these characters probably pre-Zombieland wouldn't have gotten along at all. Oh, no. But when forced to, they become a perfect duo uh, in both the comedy sense and apparently in the fighting sense because, you know, uh, Columbus's style is to kind of, like, run and pick shots where he can. Yeah. And Tallahassee's all, you know, brute force and going right after them with whatever he can find. Mm-hmm. And that ends up leading to you kind of see him uh, in that, in the in the grocery store scene slide, slide past Columbus, you know, and, you know, drag a zombie right into him, you know, kite a zombie, as they say, yeah. if you're playing uh, Call of Duty or something, <laughs> right into uh, right into Tallahassee for the setup. And uh, I really dig their whole relationship. Yeah. It just it just works through the, rest, through the whole movie. Agreed. Um, I'm trying to think of just some, like, there's a lot of really good short dialogue moments where they're not really uh, substantial, but they're really funny. And one one I was thinking of is when the, the as a group they're all in the car together, mm-hmm. and they're I think it's I think it was like a travel montage, and Little Rock is just explaining to would uh, to Tallahassee how Hannah Montana works yeah, as a so concept. <laughs> She's only Hannah Montana in disguise. Yeah. It, like that. She's only famous. It's just great famous. conversation, and. Uh, that's great too because it, 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 I I really I always like that little part there too because there's like a little bunch of different little songs that play on the radio for a really brief moment and if you listen you can kind of like tell like who's who's like kind of in charge of the scene based on what music's playing um, whether it's like hard rock or in the case of that moment you were describing I'm pretty sure popular from the from the musical Wicked popular playing, from Wicked plays yeah. is playing in the background while they're having that conversation which is really funny <laughs> Andrew any special things that stand out to you one of the things yeah, that really nailed it. <laughs> one of the things that I that I loved was when, at, like, there, it was a there was one scene and in, in there was one scene in the scene leading up to this. It was when 
after they got robbed by Little Rock and uh, and her sister Wichita. Wichita, thank you. Uh, when Wichita and Little Rock uh, took their car and they were wandering around, uh, Tallahassee finds the uh, the Hummer with all the all the guns in it. Mm-hmm. He's like, "God bless rednecks!" Yeah, yeah. And he starts firing up in the air. And poor old Columbus is just like. Let him do it. Yeah, he you just know. wants to find a good. Yeah, he, and then <laughs> and then they go to, and then as they're as they're going down the road, they find they find the car, they find their cattle, they find his Cadillac, and as they're pulling up, he's just like, "All right, I guess we will just go around." She's in the back, isn't she? Mm-hmm. Just me, and <laughs> and and she pulls out the gun and, fi- and fires and please don't kill me with my own gun. Yeah. Yeah. Those are like my two favorite lines in the entire it's movie. Part of, it demonstrates why they're a great team. Tallahassee's mm-hmm. uh, not very he's not he's kind of he's not very smart when it comes to strategy. Yeah, he's smart when it comes to just hurting things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the fact that she's they're able to often get the upper hand on him is funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a funny dynamic, especially because mostly um, Abigail, who's kind of his uh, opponent in that situation, whereas Columbus is kind of more paired off with Wichita. Yeah. Um, I have another little moment that I want to bring up, and then I have a thing that's a running thing that we should really talk about. Um, not the Bill Murray scene, but at Bill Murray's house, there's a great um, sequence with Emma and Jesse Eisenberg where they dance, uh-huh. and they kind of build up to this moment of them dancing. And actually, this is like one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I, I, I think that there's a lot of information being communicated between – uh, Columbus and uh, Wichita without them really saying too much of anything but they're kind of talking about what life was like before Zombieland and they're kind of talking about uh, you know where they are now and you kind of see like the, the romance really start there it's also like I remember being 19 and watching this movie and being like Emma Stone is like the hottest chick I've ever seen oh this is the moment I gorgeous. fell in love with Emma Stone so like, it's a great I scene. had seen her in Superbad and everything but I fell in love with her and we and still do and if she's listening then like I I will bend, on bended knee I can't give you the well again I'll, I'll hold off <laughs> on to the the second one you are adventuring no 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 <laughs> this no, no. <laughs> there's a, she gets something in the second movie I just don't want to bring it up in this one because yeah. we haven't seen it yet or we, yeah, yeah. But she doesn't get anything in this movie. She does not. Uh, because because uh, Woody Harrelson interrupts that scene. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it was just great. And I think they, I think Jesse and Emma, especially at this point, had really good chemistry together. And it's kind of, uh, uh, it's no surprise these two both went on to be Academy-nominated, Academy uh, Award-winning Right? Yeah. Uh, well, 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 yeah, only one of them. Award-winning. All been nominated. Uh, actors. Yeah. I really enjoyed another scene with, uh, again, most of my favorite stuff comes from Tallahassee and Columbus. And the scene where they are in the wampum convenience store. Yeah. And Columbus is checking out <laughs> Cologne. They think I know that. And he, he makes fun of him for it, or Tallahassee makes fun of him for it, and turns around and Columbus sprays him on the yeah. back of the neck. <laughs> and and Tallahassee around. just whips around and just looks like he's going to murder him. <laughs> And Columbus goes, I just want to begin my three-part apology by saying you're a wonderful person and have a lot of potential. <laughs> he just cuts him off. He goes, you're fine, but just know that I've whooped wholesale ass for a lot less than this. 
everything. You get 45% power, and then he punches them. And that sets up the whole scene where they all just start breaking everything just to let the little let the steam out. Mm-hmm. And to uh, rule number thirty two, enjoy the little things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of the rule, let's talk about the uh, visual representation of the rules as they appear yeah. in the movie because that yeah. to me I, lo- is, I loved how that worked. That's kind of the signature fine. I feel like of the movie is those mm. little visual rules that pop up and sort of have a little character of their of them of their own whenever they do show up because they'll be maybe cut they'll end up getting covered in blood mm-hmm. or they'll uh pulse you know like for the cardio it kind of like blinks on and on that first time as though it's in somehow relate related to the lights mm-hmm. at the at the convenience store um one of my favorites was because we don't see them for a little while and then he uh whenever uh tallahassee breaks that car letting the steam off the first time after he walks off like he passes by and then it pops up. Uh, oh, what was it? Uh, limber up. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he didn't stretch. And you see it there and he just goes, tink, right off yeah. of the edge of the car. Um, I love that so much. It's such a cool uh, little part uh, that makes this movie feel unique compared to any, you know, like another zombie movie. Yeah. Yep. So my favorite one of that was like when Tallahassee and Columbus were going to going to rescue Little Rock and Wichita mm-hmm. and then they run over all the zombies and then he backs over them and then just pops up double tap. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I wrote down the rules that they came up oh, with. Okay. There are 10. I have those too. Uh, Actually, I have the extended list. It goes to 18. Oh, I have the ones that they covered in the movie were cardio, double tap, beware of bathrooms, seat belts, travel light, check the back seat, limber up, when in doubt, know your way out, Enjoy the little things and don't be a hero. Overall, according to this movie, he gets up to thirty-two. Yeah, because uh, yeah, because uh, uh, enjoy the little things is number thirty-two, as revealed. And one of those is uh, you said know your way out. That's a great one where he never actually says know your way out. He, that's just something that's shown him opening, like him cre- him uh, creasing a door and putting a box in it, um, and then he walks away. And above the door, in like an exit sign style, you see know your way out, uh, which is a great little sub like. Subtle st- storytelling in that sense. Um, so back in 2009, Woody Harrelson and Jesse Eisenberg did a lot of promotional videos for the movie that were on like YouTube and uh, I don't know Crackle, Probably stuff like crackle. that. Good and part. so uh, they went over My at the time video. all 18 rules, which uh, were like you said, cardio and double tap, <laughs> beware of bathrooms and seat belts. At number five was called cast iron skillet, which I think we can interpret means get a cast iron skillet. For cook dinner. So you yeah. can cook your own dinner, maybe yeah. use it as a weapon too. Uh, number seven was get a kick-ass partner. Number eight, bounty paper towels. Number nine, bowling ball. Who knows? Who knows on that one? Um, number thir- or number 12 is uh, Ziploc bags. Yeah. Number. Uh, we don't learn that till the second one, though. We yeah. don't learn that yeah. till the second one. And yeah. In fact, it was rule number 30, number two in a deleted scene. I watched the deleted scenes of this, and Ziploc bag was number. He goes, rule number two, Ziploc bags. You never want to be without moisture or something like that. Uh, number thirteen is avoid strip clubs, which sounds like Woody Harrelson made that up, and then they just like well, they was like okay. Uh, number fourteen is know your way out. Uh, Fifteen is double knot your shoes. Sixteen the buddy system. Seventeen check the back seat, mm. and of course enjoy the little things. So, so they have a rule for get a kick ass partner and one for the buddy system. I know it's kind Seems. of thing like should be the same thing. Yeah, it does interesting. Well, uh, his rules aren't perfect. No, they're not perfect, but uh, they might have extended it, expanded it uh, in the second one. Yeah. 
Um, I also really yeah. enjoy getting to know the characters. Yep. So, like, their background. I really enjoyed, again, learning about Columbus. One of my favorite, again, a favorite line of mine is whenever you see him, he's in college, he's by himself, and he says, Friday night, third straight week indoors, World of Warcraft, Leaning Tower of Pizza Boxes, Code Red Mountain Dew, Pride, nowhere, Dignity, long gone, Virginity, totally justifiable to spect- or speculate on. I just really think it's funny because it sets him up. And then he gets into the fact that he just always wanted a, a girl to, like, brush the hair back. Mm-hmm. And then he has that whole situation with uh, Room 406. Yeah. And the young she Amber turns Heard. in. Yeah, the the young Amber Heard, who I had no idea was Amber Heard until I watched some of the deleted or special features. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you see him and his fear becoming his strength as he, like, runs and panics and tries to hide from her but ends up killing her. Mm-hmm. And that sets up what we know about him. Uh, you don't really see a ton about Tallahassee other than the fact that he has a son yeah. that was mm-hmm. killed by the zombies, and so that's what motivates him. And then I really enjoyed the this con artist scene with the two gals mm. yeah. who calls back to the guy who was eaten on the toilet I know. in the very beginning. Isn't that great? Isn't that a great little teaser? So in the beginning of the movie when they're doing the, the rules, you know, the beware bathroom sequence, and you see a guy who's on the toilet and a, cl- uh, a zombie gets right up under the... Uh, bathroom stall and he's he's doomed to die on the toilet yep but uh if you pay attention that actor is the same actor we'll see we you would see later on in the movie getting conned by emma stone and uh abigail breslin mm-hmm. uh with a fake ring scam and uh so that's a cool little like uh uh foreshadow i guess i don't know but you, be, you basically get to see that guy's fate before you get before you know who he is right yeah. um, which is kind of cool um do you guys want to talk about uh Bill Murray now. <laughs> yeah, let's make this the Bill Murray talk, I guess. Um, so Best cameo ever. Well, it's good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good I cameo. Mean, yeah. um, I'm just jetting it out there. So the team shows up in Hollywood, and they decide, well, we're in Hollywood. We're going to live in style. Mm-hmm. So they just pick a mansion, and they go inside, and it's full of fun stuff. Um, Columbus and Little Rock sit down and watch Ghostbusters. Because she doesn't know who Bill Murray is. No, no. <laughs> He's teaching her. And uh, the other two are just screwing around the house, too. And in walks a zombie who is Bill Murray, but also not a zombie. He's just <laughs> pretending to be one. Yeah, which just, seems like a very smart thing to do. got makeup on and everything. Zombies yeah. don't mess with other zombies, he that's says. That's what he says, yeah. Humans do, though. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens. Yep. <laughs> yeah, he... Uh, we get some cool moments. Uh, Woody uh, Tallahassee freaking out that Bill Murray's around. Yeah. Bill uh, playing it very cool, uh, and then you get um, uh, Bill and Woody and or, uh, Tallahassee and Wichita all smoke some weed together, and then reenact Ghostbusters. And Emma uh, Stone sounds so much like the secretary yeah. that it hurts. It's yeah. amazing. It's really funny. She did a really good job. And they, um, of course, now by this point. Columbus and Tallahassee or and Little Rock have now watched all the way up to the moment where, uh, shoot, Winston, yeah, is describing yeah. A Twinkie, uh, making it, uh, somehow, comes you know that's a pretty big Twinkie. It becomes a perfect moment because that's one of Tallahassee's. We didn't mention this. One of Tallahassee's many goals of well, the he film is he really wants a Twinkie, and uh, so it becomes like almost like a perfect movie, even though he wasn't the original mem- uh, person to be this cameo, Bill Murray. But it ends up being perfect because they have a Twinkie segment in uh, Ghostbusters One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
uh, yeah, like you said, he tries to spook Jesse Eisenberg, which is a bad idea. It Terrible is. idea. Bad yeah. idea. Really dumb. And uh, he gets gut shot for it. Instantly. Like, in one of the most shocking moments in uh, in movie watching for me, because I really was not... I, first of all, I really wasn't expecting Bill Murray to be there. And then... And who's going to kill him within then, five minutes? And yeah. then I did not expect Jesse Eisenberg to just whip around and shoot him right in the chest. It was funny. What I liked about Bill Murray being shot was that... I like, I don't know, you almost suspend your disbelief for part of it because he seems to suffer no pain whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> it does not hurt him at all. He doesn't wince. He's just like, eh, I'm probably going to die. Yeah, that's, <laughs> my, that's, that's one of my favorite lines. Andrew, you talked about one of your favorite lines. I love when you go, when Will, when Talisi goes, you think you're going to pull through? Yeah. And Bill just kind of like turns his head really slowly and looks at Columbus and goes, no. <laughs> yeah. And he took a shotgun blast to the heart. Yeah. Because yeah. even, even Tallahassee digs in it a little yeah. bit, and he's like, I don't that, think we can fix that. It's That's still, still kind of tender. <laughs> yeah. And I, I really like whenever they ask him if he has any re- regrets, and he goes, I don't know, Garfield maybe? Garfield maybe. And then, and then all of a sudden he just like, like taking his last breath. <sighs> <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> it's great and then he gets a 21 gun salute of sorts um it's a hilarious cameo um i'm sure you guys also looked this up he wasn't the original uh premise for this cameo they were gonna do this this the scene was written but with a different actor um uh, do you guys know who it is nope oh i, I did not look at you know who it is andrew i i did but i forgot josh is it dan Aykroyd? it is not dan Aykroyd. in fact mm. it's the most opposite figure out this dan Aykroyd. it's thing. the most opposite thing it could be so um the most opposite of bill murray the most opposite of bill murray it could possibly be um bill plays obviously a fictionalized version Tom of himself Cruise, but just filmmaker's Bieber. choice to play the role was patrick swayze oh wow Patrick Swayze, but import- unfortunately, Swayze was battling pancreatic cancer at the time and was mm-hmm. too, too, wasn't able to make the set. Um, he would eventually die um, in September of 2009, so before the movie even came out. Um, they had a bunch of other people that they considered for the role, um, but ultimately, when they landed on Bill Murray, they were like, this is it. This is perfect. Who mm-hmm. expects to see Bill Murray in a zombie movie? It's great. No one. So, um, yeah, it was going to be... Who um, expects to see Bill Murray it in was a gonna good be movie post-2000? Patrick Swayze, <laughs> and it was going to be they were going to reenact a moment from Ghost, you know? Oh, uh, that's less funny. It, it would have been, I think, less funny. I'm really glad that, some, I mean, that they went with Bill Murray. I don't know. If we lived day. in that alternate reality, we would probably think it was just as funny. I mean, I guess that's yeah, true. And on it, we'd probably be like, they, they thought about Bill Murray, and we'd be like, what? What, what, is, this, what, what is this Dan Aykroyd thing you're talking about? I don't um, know about a Dan Aykroyd thing. Dan Aykroyd was supposed to be a cameo... In Zombieland 2. Uh-huh. And he wasn't. Hmm. And the, it goes back to like a decade ago because they'd been working on Zombieland 2 almost the entire time that it took to make it. Because mm-hmm. they had a series, I guess, for a while, didn't they? What? They had a, they, they had a series on Amazon for a while, didn't no. they? No. They had a, z- a series on Amazon for one episode. Oh. Yeah, they wanted to. <laughs> um. No, the, there was an original cameo scene with uh, the cast of Ghostbusters, but um, Harold Ramis died before they could make it, and then it just kind of slowly fell apart to the point where they thought, eh, not going to do that anymore. No. Interesting. Well, I did not sense. know that. It was going to be the cast of Ghostbusters trying to convince um, Bill Murray to do a sequel, because he famously has never wanted to do one. Oh, mm-hmm. right. Okay. In real life, he's never wanted a Ghostbusters sequel mm-hmm. beyond two, mm-hmm. and that arguably shouldn't have happened. 
but uh, they were going to they were going to try to talk him into it, and then slowly turn into zombies along the way and try to eat him. Nice. That's what I wrote on the internet. That makes sense. Anyway. That would that would have been funny. That would have been really funny. That would have been really funny. Yep, it would have been, but it didn't happen. Oh, and then they made another Ghostbusters movie in between. So yeah. then they were like, "Well, it's less funny because Ghostbusters has come back in a way." Yeah. And now they're actually working on a another Ghostbusters that's in the universe of the original Ghostbusters. So now they're like, "Ghostbusters isn't as like random anymore. Yeah, no, it's, it's just not. a part of mainstream again." Yeah, mm-hmm. it would have been it would have been special without the. Yeah, it, it wasn't. It's not special anymore because Ghostbusters is everywhere again. Mm-hmm. Um, something that I find really interesting about this movie is that it came out. I want to talk about it a little bit. We thought we were, we were going to talk about zombie movies. As they led up to this film, correct. I feel like this movie came out during a time period for me. I don't know about you guys, uh, but like between like 2007 and 2011, it really felt to me like every there were tons of movies that were like just like for me. Like I it was mm-hmm. like one of my yeah. favorite times to be a movie watcher. And obviously there've been other age great thing. movies in it, but huh? I think it's an age thing. Yeah, I think it is. It was like I was like 17 to 21. Like and teenagers to see movies around that time. Like, these are for me, man. Yeah, yeah no, yeah. that's kind of how I felt. I don't know if you guys felt the same way. I had a whole bunch of. Yeah, I do. Like, um, oh, I had like a list I made here. Oh, yeah. So, like, things like. Th- and this movie, to me, sits in my head, like, right in the same area as, like, Scott Pilgrim versus the World and Inception and The Hangover and, like, Iron Man, Tropic Thunder. Just, like, movies that, like, I was like, man. They just keep making awesome movies, like, once a month, every day. And, um, uh, you know, like, The Dark Knight, No Country for Old Men all came around around this same time. These were, like, the movies I went and saw then. Um, and obviously, there have been great movies that have come out since. But, I don't know, like, that time period has a weird... At To this point, these movies, to me, have not uh, aged. Yeah. Like, Zombieland hasn't aged to me. Like, th- no, there are yeah. some movies that if I went back and I watched... Uh, that are like ten or twelve years old. I can already kind of start to go. Yeah, this was. I feel like this was better when I was eighteen, and now I'm older and I'm not enjoying it as much. And there are. Other, and we've talked about movies where you go back uh, even further. Go back to like the nineties. You watch it and you go, this is not aged well. Yeah. But Zombieland, I feel like, is aged really well. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, they do a good job of not. T- uh, I lost the word, but they don't really like. There's not a lot of time references per se. Um, the references made are like, uh, they go beyond pop culture. Like, yeah. uh, oh, dating. It doesn't date the movie. Like, a Ghostbusters reference doesn't really date the movie. No. Um, you Like, uh, World of Warcraft kind of does, but not too much. Well, And it's such a small reference. But most of it is like, Twinkies have existed forever, brace it, basically. Yeah. Um, well, there's no real internet or TV in it because there's no nothing exists anymore. So it's it's not a dated film, um, and a lot of movies that don't date themselves like that do hold up longer. Well, effectively, the world ended in 2009, as far as they're concerned. Like there's no, there's nothing really new to reference. They can't be like too timely or anything like that. It's not like uh, the same writers, I believe, wrote Deadpool one and two, which yeah. is very timely with a lot of its references mm-hmm. and unfortunately i think will be somewhat dated over time and uh, they didn't really have to do that here because they're like well effectively we don't have to reference anything after 2008 yeah you know like everything that happened prior to the outbreak is something people mm-hmm. remember and there's been nothing since there is no uh uh you know uh s- there is no uh, obama presidency yeah. <laughs> you know because like until zombie land 2 because, comes back for some reason yeah because like you that. know uh, the movie because ev- effectively uh, started a year in, yeah. right? So, 
we uh everything's kind of frozen thanks obama <laughs> everything's kind of frozen in time for them i've said since we started this series for Zombieland. I've said that Zombie Zombieland is one of my favorite movies. Like it's 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 it will be up there in like a, a list of mine. But I always I never forget how good it is, but every time I watch it it's like I watch it the first time and I'm surprised by how good it is. Yeah. Even though I know how good it is, I think it is just a fact of like it you're right, it doesn't really age. It it stays with me. It, it still stays relevant and I I I just every time I watch it I go, "God, this is just really good." I don't know why I'm surprised. I'm yeah. aware of how good it is, and, but it does that to me every time I watch it. And I think it's because on paper, you look at it, like, not that much really happens. Like, if you look at it on paper, they go, it's like, uh, Columbus describes how things happened. Columbus meets Tallahassee. They go to a grocery store. They meet two girls who steal their car. They meet two girls who steal their car again. They go to Bill Murray's house. They go to an amusement park. Like, those are the major story beats of the movie. And yet, I can probably tell you everything that happens, like, within each of those sequences as they build towards the to, towards the climax of the film. And I think it's because there's smart dialogue, there's fun characters, and the interact the chemistry between the actors is really good and it just feels I don't know, like it has no it doesn't feel like it's trying to rush you to like a big exciting uh, climax. It feels like it wants to take time and spend time with the characters. Yeah, well, mm-hmm. you think of you think of zombie movies, you think of horror movies. This is a horror comedy, of mm-hmm. course, m- more comedy than horror, but it kind of flips that um, genre on its head by focusing on not what happens, but who it happens to. Right. Most generic horror movies do not, don't focus on characters because the characters are expendable. Mm-hmm. These ones are not. Um, so, yeah, really nothing does happen, but it's about the characters and how they relate to each other mm-hmm. that makes the movie worth watching. Not necessarily what happens to them exactly here and there. Like exactly. it could not be a zombie movie, and it would still probably be a good movie, just because the characters are strong. Exactly, and that's and that's that's what I mean is that it doesn't have what I think some people might expect as your usual tropes. You know, like it's not building to these big set pieces. You know, it's not like a, a three act structure where it's like we have a big moment here well, and then we're going to chill out. I mean, yeah, it just doesn't focus on. It. I mean, it we still build toward a big. We amusement park free for all brawl. But. A cool. I mean, we have a cool climax, but what I mean is like we don't have like, like, the things that lead up to that. The zombie encounters before that are not nearly to the degree. Like they fight like three zombies prior to that. True, and it's not like a big bad guy. No, it's a it's a big it's a, it's a it, it it's not like you know uh, you know an Avengers type movie where it's like you have your first act, you got to build up to that first big thing. Okay, now our heroes need to reset. Now we have a big thing again. Now we need to reset. Now we have the big, big battle that's like really, really over the top. Like it just so, takes its time and it's relaxed and it's cool. So in other words, there's really no plot. I didn't say there's no plot. I mean, there's definitely a plot. It's just that it just doesn't matter. It's yeah. just not. It's just not on the degree of. Well, I mean, there's a super. It's not on the degree of a normal zombie movie where most zombie movies are like a race against time. Mm-hmm. It's like we have to get to X because zombies are chasing us this entire time. These characters kind of feel like it seems to me like they're like, well, as long as we don't get caught after dark, we'll be fine. Like we know how to handle ourselves and yeah, we're not really living worried. living a life despite the zombies. Yeah, yeah. They're not really like afraid of running into zombies that much. Like they're almost more afraid of running into other humans. They're not looking for a cure, they're not trying to find, they're just trying, yeah, they're just yeah. trying to. Survive. They're not trying to get to like a certain safe house or anything like that. They're content to just get to Bill Murray's house, <laughs> which is not necessarily a safety thing. It's just like, hey, something cool we could go do. 
is go is go hang out in Hollywood. Yeah. Like that's something cool to do in the apocalypse. They're not like trying to get to like you know, uh, you know the the next level of some sort of you know government agency or something like that. So like while it it does have a plot, it has a very fun plot. I just mean it doesn't rely on the tropes of zombie movies yeah. generally. Okay. Well, let's start to wrap this up a little bit by shifting gears. Um, there's probably not very many things people didn't like, I'm assuming. Any outstanding hot takes or just something you didn't need or care for. I don't really have anything worth discussing yeah, either. Yeah, there's, there's not much I can I can say uh, about Yeah, There's not much bad I can say about this movie. No. I no. mean, even the music's good, pretty good. So then let's go ahead and talk about how this movie performed financially at the box office. There's a lot of details there because, um, you know, it's been a long time, and we've got an exciting uh, sequel to this movie coming out. Um, Let's see, Zombieland debuted on October 2nd, which uh, one year, 16 days between it and our uh, sequel. Ten years. What did I say? Sorry, ten years. (laughs) Ten years and 16 days. Sorry. It finished at number one that weekend with a three-day opening total of $24.7 million. So let's see here. Um, also in the box office that weekend, some of these might sound pretty familiar to you guys, uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. Was it number one? It was, uh, no, it was number two. No, it was Zombieland. Oh, yeah, Zombieland yeah. was number one. Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs came in at number two. That's the first movie I took my wife to. Oh, It's a good movie. It was a good movie. That was in its uh, third week. And um, at number three... We had a re-release of Toy Story and Toy Story 2 in 3D. Uh, number four, do you guys remember this movie, Surrogates? Yeah. With uh, Bruce Willis. Oh, yeah. Surrogates. That was in its second weekend. Uh, the Invention of Lying brought in $7 million. I like that one. In um, its opening week. Uh, Whip It, starring That's Ellen Page. That's also a good one. With Ellen Page, uh, $4.6 million. At number seven, you had uh, the 2009 version of Fame. Brought in a little over $4 million. I totally forgot about that. At movie. number eight, so uh, Michael Moore's Capitalism, A Love Story. Yeah. Brought in 4.4. Number nine, The Informant with Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt Damon brought in 3.6 in its third weekend. And then uh, rounding out the top ten, you have the movie uh, Love Happens with uh, Jennifer Aniston and uh, Two-Face, Aaron Eckert. Hmm. Um, that movie brought in uh, 3.6 in its third weekend. So an interesting little detail there is that um, there were no uh, sequels in the top ten that weekend oh, well, for hi. October 2nd. Well, if you don't count Toy Story 2, which was a re-release, um, then there's no sequels in that. That is this, just such a stark difference to today where I believe the majority of the top ten are sequels. Mm-hmm. Usually, or spinoffs. Usually yeah. it's either, you know, there's either, you can always count on there being like at least two or three sequels, reboots, spinoffs. But um, I mean, I, I guess if you count the remake of or the 2009, you know, uh, adaptation of Fame, you could you could have one. But I don't really feel I feel like that's I mean, I think Fame is like a stage play, so I mean, like it's just kind of a new adaptation. Um, we would, if you go down on that list for that weekend, you will find that there were some sequels in the box office. Obviously, there's always some. Uh, but the highest grossing sequel that weekend was The Final Destination, down at 24. Um, in its sixth week, so pretty low. Da- so uh, so pretty low down there. Um, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs did get a sequel, so we might discuss that um, in 2013. Zombieland would go on to finish with around 75.5 million dollars over its 11-week run. It also brought in 26 million dollars from foreign markets, bringing its worldwide total to 102.3 million dollars. So uh, the movie easily cleared its uh, reported 23.6 million dollar budget. 
And actually, um, I believe that's just the production budget. So it cleared that in its opening weekend, which uh, is a pretty good, pretty good sign for a movie that's um, more or less, you know, a, a new property. Yeah, and and it always surprises me about horror movies, especially something like this, when the budgets are so low. Yeah, the budgets were fairly low on this. Um, most of it went to the actors and to the extras for zombies. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton of special effects. There are some. Yeah. Um, but I think the director said in the audio commentary that the most expensive element of visual effects they had was the 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 rule um, okay. the rule cards that would come up uh, or rule animations that would mm-hmm. come up. That was the most expensive in terms of CGI because all the rest is like some fake blood. Yeah. You know, a, maybe a severed limb thing, uh, and uh, a few. Uh, you know, repainting uh, back, you know, skylines and backgrounds and stuff. I was so, watching a, some of the special features on the Blu-ray, and uh, Abigail Breslin really, really, really wanted to be a zombie. Oh yeah, she did. Yeah, she yeah. was walking around just like marveling at them, and she was like, being like, "Can I, can I please get turned into a zombie?" Because <laughs> yeah. she just really, really wanted to do she the makeup like, effects. Let's and was rewrite. Really jealous by all of it. Can we rewrite the ending yeah. so that I become a zombie? Uh, yeah, she actually turned thirteen on the set, um, which is kind of neat. Um, so for 2009, um, Zombieland, hang on, would finish at the number 42 spot with $75 million domestic. Number 42. So 2009, I don't probably have to ask you guys what number one was that you're doing. Is it, is it 2009? 2009. Ten years ago. Was it up? No, it was not up, although that is on the list. Okay. Uh, I thought I this would know be how pretty y'all easy. Remember what movies came out those years? I, there's, I see so many movies. I can't remember what year they come out. You can't even remember watching Toy Story, so no, no I can't remember. Like, I don't remember. <laughs> Literally, that. no. I'm surprised you remember watching the movie we're talking about today. That's why I take a lot of notes. Uh, That's why I had to go see Zombie Land. Highest grossing movie 2009. Not, Avatar. It is Avatar. It is Avatar. Oh, Josh okay. is right. It's Avatar. Boom. Uh, also, I'll the, take my prize. Boom. Also, the, the the leaders for that year were it's uh, a cupcake. Uh, oh, actually, hang on. <laughs> I had a little. I think I had a little game I was gonna play with you. Okay, so we've talked because we talked about 2009 before. We talked about that back when we did uh, Night at the Mu- uh, Battle of the Sm- Battle of the Smithsonian, uh, part of our Night at the Museum franchise. Um, so if you haven't listened, go check out Night at the Museum. We actually had a lot of fun. Somebodysequels.com. Somebodysequels.com. Search in, type in Somebodysequels podcast on Google. You should get it. Night at the Museum is actually one of our more fun ones to talk about. I feel like we had a lot of fun. Yes. Uh, laughing about a different elements of that, but I want to ask you guys. Okay. Top ten movies of 2009. All right. You okay. don't have to tell me what they are. If you can, it's cool. But can you tell me? Because it's one of the part. It's one of the. It's one of the aspects of our show. How many sequels were in the top ten that week? You know that it's not ten the because year? Avatar Wait, it, for 2009. You mean for the whole year? Oh. How many sequels were in the, the top, top 10? ten of the year for 2009? You know it's not ten because Avatar is number one. So between one and nine, so between one and nine, how many sequels were in the top ten? Three. You gonna say three? I'm gonna go with two. I'm gonna I go don't two. Know. Five. You say five. Well, you are all idiots because it's four. <laughs> <laughs> The biggest winners that year, Transformers, Revenge of the Fallen, Harry Uh, Potter, and the Half-Blood Prince, and Twilight New Moon were uh, two, three, and four. You had Up, Hangover. I'm not counting Star Trek as a sequel. Up's not a sequel. So there was was one good sequel. There's one good sequel because number nine on that list, so the last sequel in the top ten, is Alvin and the Chipmunks, the sequel. Yeah, Star Trek's uh, spinoff. I would say a reboot spinoff. I call it a spinoff. I mean, it's kind of a sequel if you want to say that, that, that you know Leonard Nimoy is coming from 
It, we'll get into that. One. It would be a reboot if day. it weren't for the fact that the universes still coexist together. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. very nerdy. We'll so talk about it one day. Kind of nerdy. Yeah. We'll get to that one day. <laughs> I totally forgot that Twilight existed. <laughs> we were talking about what a nice, but okay. What a nice no, universe. No, 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 just. Would you like to talk about so, Twilight next week? Oh no. Okay. <laughs> All right. There's three movies. Four? No, there's. I think there's. I think the last. Book yeah, they split, split into two. two yeah. yeah, they did a Harry yeah, Potter. Yeah, they on did that uh, last one. Breaking Dawn and Breaking Dawn Part Two or something like that. Um, all right, so moving on. Zombieland has the 39th highest opening for an October release. Um, and based on a list compiled by Box Office Mojo, it is the third highest grossing movie that features at least one zombie. Uh, World War Z is number one. And number two is uh, Hotel Transylvania. So I'm kind of willing to give number two to Zombieland yeah. in that scenario. Yeah. Um, Zombieland, big hit. People like it. Oh, people love Zombieland. That's great. Let's uh, let's wrap it up though. So we got Zombieland is the seventh highest grossing movie for Jesse Eisenberg. Um, Batman the what? Ver- the seventh highest grossing movie for Jesse Eisenberg. Batman Superman. Batman Superman is number one there. Uh, number t- the twelfth highest grossing film for Woody Harrelson. This he makes be, a lot of movies. Shouldn't be too hard. Is uh, Hunger Games oh. Catching mm-hmm. Fire is his number Ew. one. Oh, I forget those. Those. And then uh, number eight is for is uh, Emma. It's number eight for Emma Stone. That's what I meant to say. Um, uh, her number one is Amazing Spider-Man, and it's number five for Abigail Breslin. Hers is kind of a surprise what her number, her highest grossing film is. Is it Little Miss Sunshine? It is not Little Miss Sunshine. No, it's not Little Miss Sunshine. No, I don't think you guys are going to get this because... <laughs> I don't uh, think I've seen any other movies besides Little Miss Sunshine and Zombieland so 1 and 2. The, uh, the highest grossing movie that it's a Abigail... No. The, the it's, high, not. it's not a cartoon. Maybe you could get it. I don't know. It's an older movie. It's an older movie, but it's obviously uh, two thousand on. What she's year? Not that old. What year? Uh, he didn't want to tell us that. I don't want to tell you that, but I can. Let me let me look it up real quick because I don't remember the specific year. What was that chime? It sounded like that was probably phone. my phone. Oh, okay. uh, I probably got a a message of sorts. That's all right. Uh, it came out in two thousand two. Two thousand two, Abigail Breslin. Uh, uh, she gonna oh, be she gonna be real young. Uh, yeah, baby. Uh, how the Grinch stole Christmas? No, that's not nope, her. Nope. No, I don't know. You guys ain't getting this. It I don't is. Know. Uh, it is 2002's Signs. Oh, was she in Signs? I didn't realize oh, she totally was in forgot. Signs until I looked up this information. That's neat. And then it's the second highest grossing film for director Ruben Fleischer, who is uh, who directed Venom. Came out last year, which obviously did really well, and yeah. I think went a long way to getting Zombieland 2 made, what with the success of him doing Venom. Uh, the writers for this film wrote Deadpool and Deadpool 2, so, I mean, they've been hitting it out of the park with, you know, these extra things that Sony's been throwing at them and, and other companies have been throwing at them, so they're like, okay, well, you know what? Make your Zombieland 2. You made, a, you know, $400 million of Venom. All right. Well, then let's. Uh, was fun. Let's take on the Rotten Tomatoes game. Then um, I don't ever remember who. I think runs Garrett's it. running it this week. Me. You ran. You won last week. I did indeed. Okay. Well, um, I'm gonna guess eighty-eight percent. Eighty-eight. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. 78. So, so I'm gonna say eighty-two. Eighty-two. Eighty-eight. Seventy. Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. And eighty-two. Okay. Critics consensus. Wickedly funny and featuring plenty of gore, Zombieland is proof that the zombie subgenre is far from dead. I'm bumping two spots to 90. 90? I'm going to 85. 85? Is that what you're going to do? Think about it. I will move up. Man, I I really kind of thought that this was going to be one of those movies that I liked more than critics. Um, Zombies are tough to sell. They are. I'm going to say... 
you know what? I got nothing to lose. I'm just gonna stick. One hundred. I'm gonna stick with the lower <laughs> area. I'm gonna say eighty-one. Eighty-one, seven, eighty-five, and ninety. Neat. Which is my word for the film. One of you <laughs> is very close. Oh, very close. But one of you is exactly Oops. right. Hang on. It's Josh with ninety percent. Ninety percent. Exactly right. Awesome. Wow. That Critics at, or uh, audience score at eighty-six. Wow, okay. okay. I really thought this was going to be one of those movies that like I really loved and critics were going to be like, this is legitimately so, so a good on. movie, and I think that people sleep on it a little bit still. Man, I'm so happy they to hear it. They do not. Anything. It made $100 million. Yeah, but yeah. who how, who talks about it now? I never hear anybody well, talk about it. It's 10 years old. It doesn't matter. It's, well, it's yeah, also, talk about Titanic and Avatar. Well, it's also- it's, You're comparing Zombieland to the highest grossing movies of all time? Yeah. Get the f*** out. <laughs> Did I- t- but, like, it's, it's more Have of a- Have a serious discussion, it, my God. It, Did it, I ever- it, 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 <laughs> <laughs> it appeals it's to a joke to you. It, it's more of like a cult film. I mean, no, it, oh, it's, it's no. a hundred million dollar blockbuster. I will not stand here and have you two slander this movie and <laughs> no, think no, that no, nobody no. watched it. Yeah, no, this no, movie I will made, not have it. I'm not this saying they made. No, I'm saying it, it appears to made three times market. its budget. It, it did is really well. It's a hundred million dollar blockbuster. <laughs> it is not a niche market. <laughs> it's face. zombies. Yeah. It's zombies it's at the peak possibly, of zombie culture. Mm-hmm. It's quite possibly the okay. I most scream popular at you all day zombie <laughs> movie on the on the list. Yes, I will, just I will agree with you. We need to look at zombie film. We need to look at Rotten that. Tomatoes and find out what all the other zombie movies rank because this might be the highest cri- critically consensus zombie movie. I mean, maybe other than uh, Romero's original films, but I imagine even those have low scores. Who knows? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. They did at one point in time. But did I ever tell you guys my personal story with Zombieland? <laughs> I don't think so. If you go to Letterboxd and you look up my review for Paranormal Activity, you can find it there as well. Um, Because I was on a double date in 2009, the weekend of October 2nd, and I said, guys, let's go see Zombieland. That movie looks really funny. And they all went, yeah, let's do that. And so that's what we were doing. We went and had dinner, and then we were going to see Zombieland. Good. And guess what they decided? You know, during the car trip over there. They hey, you know what? Them. We don't want to go see Zombieland. Let's go see Paranormal Activity. Because oh, no. that came out. Rude. That was already, they're already out or about to come out. It's very so, good, but a very different experience. Oh, yeah. So I said, but guys, we agreed we were seeing Zombieland, but I was one person and they were three people. <laughs> they were many. So guess what I watched? Paranormal Activity. And guess what sucks? Paranormal activity. <laughs> like paranormal that movie. It's, it's he an sucks. amazing movie. He just scared. Yes. He no, no, no. He says it. He, I don't think he. No, I think he finds scared. it boring. He's scared. No, he's scared. It sucks. It's nah. not even scary. It's, it's a, a director turning the lights on and off for an hour. Nah, like, he's just scared. I've heard him talk about he's it before, this, and he really does seem to hate sucks. it and find it boring. He's scared. It's boring. <laughs> okay, the scariest thing that happens happens at the end of the movie. Eyes closed the whole time. I mean, I was bored. I was sitting there watching going, at some point, is like things going to happen? Or is it just going to be the director turning off the lights and moving chairs around while nobody's looking? Because that's what it was. They would be asleep. Next Halloween. And then you would hear, something downstairs. Next Halloween. My wife, the door slams shut, and I go, they just have a string on the door. And this is like rudimentary stuff. This is not a cool movie. And here I am. But the point is, (laughs) the next weekend, I went and saw Zombieland, and I had the best time of my life. It is a much more fun experience. Yeah. It is a much Even more better movie. Good movies. Parable Activity, uh, garbage. <laughs> Hot take on a Parable. different movie. Save that for the <laughs> next year. For next October. Paranormal Activity series, we'll which has like 18 films now. And guess yeah. which has two? 
the good film. Hey, Zombieland <laughs> gets two. <laughs> Paranormal Activity gets a, fifty sequels. I don't know why they spent ten years making this movie. That's that's you got to talk to the creators about that. I know it's a it's one of the hardships of my life. They could have talked about this it forever at any point after the first one came out, and I would have loved it. And then they make and now the sequels finally come out, and here I you know ten years later, and you'll find out how I feel about it next week. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so what is everyone else's ranking of Zombieland? Easily four and a four out of four and a half out of five. Easily, okay. he says. Yeah, as, and, he, as he stumbles through it all. <laughs> <laughs> it's easy for you to say. Five zombie bites. I got nothing bad to say about this. No, not a thing. I give it four and a half zombie bites. I also give it four and a half zombie bites because I the thing is I don't know what it is. I feel like there is something that just keeps it from being perfect. It's because I'm not sure nothing what happens. It is. Eh. I think what it is is that if it I had a more substantial plot, I think it'd be fine. I think I think an element of it is that I would have loved to have seen yeah them do like maybe one more thing because they go to they go to los angeles and that's great but i would have loved to see them do like one you know like one more hijink before the movie ends uh, but i crazy. love but i mean the movie is practically perfect in every way the only way it'd be better is if i was playing uh, columbus and not you know uh that schlub jesse heisenberg <laughs> yeah <laughs> whatever you because then i could have a scene with emma stone all right well next week we'll be back with zombie land 2 you can find us online at so many sequels.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search So Many Sequels. You can listen to us, as always, on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Soundstooth, and Stitcher, and then whatever else falls under those. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with Zombieland 2. Until next time. I haven't cried that hard since Titanic. <laughs>